0: Hey, I'm Taylor Dorsen, and this is The Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. My guest today is Roosevelt Anderson. He's an engineering manager at Dibidos and previously worked at Granger, Jellyvision, and Amazon. We talked about the importance of asking questions in interviews, his approach to the take-home interviews, and work on a two-dimensional array problem during the technical portion.
1: Well, Roosevelt, thank you uh, for being here. Welcome to the show. Oh,
2: thanks. Um, glad you invited me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, to introduce, uh, this is Roosevelt Anderson, currently an engineering manager at DiviDose, previously engineering manager at uh granger Jellyvision vision an and engineer at amazon and a whole slew of other places in the chicagoland area and uh soon to be relocating to uh las vegas sorry uh nevada area right um yeah i mean las
2: vegas it's basically that las vegas area so
1: yeah cool well, well welcome um thank you so much i i have enjoyed you've put a couple of blog posts out on LinkedIn and part of the reason I wanted to, to reach out and have you on the show around how you hire um, and and kind of your day to day life as an engineering manager and I thought it was really interesting perspective that I think uh, is useful for a lot of people, especially if you're in the situation of looking for a job or, or trying to start to job search it can be difficult right to know what's going on on the other side of the table, right
2: yeah i mean honestly like just you know from things i've seen you know since the pandemic i probably need to you know put another article about just you know just general attitudes towards you know job hunters and you know um you know it's a hot market we all get that it's a hot market you know with most recruiters reaching out to anybody who has who has an engineering background and technical skills. But at the same time, like you can't expect companies to like lower standards, yeah. like things like, hey, let's up, make sure you have an up-to-date resume. Um, you know, those core things. It's like, yeah, recruiters, you know, want to move fast. Companies want to move fast, but they still have standards that they have to uphold. And I think that's kind of one of the things getting lost um, totally. with thought the I'm seeing these days as well.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to, to touch on that. Can, can you introduce your team yourself? Give us a little background and, yeah. and kind of your role.
2: Um, sure. Um, yeah, I'm Roswin Anderson. I'm an engineering manager um, at Dividos. Um, I am the manager of the customer enrollment team, which is a brand, brand new team um, at Dividos. Uh, we're hiring like crazy right now. So, um, yeah, building up that team from scratch. Um, essentially what my team is responsible for is, you know, that the, the digital intake experience, you know, when you first sign up to Dividos, you know, getting your name, your insurance information, um, your, uh, your prescriptions to kind of, you know, ship you your, um, your package. By the way, I should probably explain what Devidos is. Devidos uh, is a online pharmacy that um, individually packs your prescriptions by time and day. Um, so it's um comparable like pill pack is a competitor. Um, so you get, you know, a box of 30 your 30 supply box of your prescriptions, you know, you peel off, you know, your ADM dosage and then it's already separated out for you. So you don't have to go through, you know, if you're taking, you know, four or five medications, um, or if, you know, You're taking care of somebody taking four or five medications, you know, that can get complicated. So it just makes it one less thing you have to worry about where it's like, okay, you know, 8am, here's your 8am dosage, you know, here's your 12pm dosage and and kind of go from there. Just making the whole process easier of taking medication.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great, great mission as well. I mean, anytime you get past two or three medications, right, all of a sudden it becomes very complicated to keep track of everything, right? Especially if you're on different schedules, right? Great. And what's, what's the tech stack?
2: Um, Right now it's AWS built on Python. Um, So that, I mean, that's what one of the core systems are Um, building out a brand new system. So I don't know if we're going to keep that the same or change. Um, I'm really one of those people who I don't care what it's written in, you know, as long as, you know, the engineers agree um, that it's something that it's what they want to write it in and that they can support it.
1: Cool. Great. Well, uh, maybe you have insight from both sides of the table here. If if is is a more recent move, but have you done technical interviews lately for your team or or you know on your own side? I know engineering manager roles sometimes can be somewhat technical, right? But maybe you're doing less less coding exercises. Um,
2: you know, I've been doing a lot of engineering screens. I actually have been doing uh, evaluating some of the coding exercises as well. Um, I think that you know with just how I hire. Um, you know, the coding exercises, you know, the, the method I prefer is, you know, not always doing it. Okay. Let's, let's jump on a zoom and, you know, here's CoderPad and let, let's go. Um, I'd rather you, you know, do a take home exercise and then we evaluate it later. We kind of talk through it. Um, just because, you know, from my experience, there are people who are really, really good at, Hey, let's jump on. Like I can do a programming problem. Let's jump on CoderPad. You know, um, but those same people aren't good if I say, okay, here's a simple problem, build a simple service and, you know, explain what you did. Um, And the the thing is, like, it's a very, very simple thing to do. But depending on your level, it tells you different things about that person. You know, the code that I'd expect from a junior engineer is going to be different than the code I expect from a senior engineer. Yeah. Um, You know, one example is I said, okay, um, I used to use, I'm actually not retiring this question is, hey, I'm giving you some data, airport data. Um, I want you to create two endpoints. First endpoint just retrieves information about that airport. Mm -hmm. Second endpoint, I want you to calculate the distance between two different endpoints um, and return that distance. Yeah. So that, that seems like a very, very simple problem. So, if you look at it, I mean, bare minimum, you know, some people will, okay, yeah, create the endpoint, here you go. But it's, it's about more than that. It's about, okay, okay is the code readable? Do you have, you know, unit tests? Do you have integration tests? How are you storing the data? Um, you know, in the interview, we get, you know, one question I said, you know, I go is I like, say, okay, take your service and scale it. How are you going to scale that? Because that problem is different, you know, from working on, you know, your individual Mac, as opposed to, okay, I want you to scale it for, you know, a million people. How does that, you know, how does that change the way that, that you code? Um, and then it'll still be level two. So, yeah. you know, I've had, you know, senior engineers really fall down hard on this because, you know, they won't do things like um, they'll, they'll just deliver the code, no unit tests, no integration tests you know, it'll be very rudimentary on, you know, how they implement things because they think, oh, it's easy here, you know, slap, you know, I'm slapping this together and, you know, I'm just going to deliver it to you. But it, it really shows, I mean, that, that shows me more about who you are um, as an engineer than if I said, okay, Taylor, let's fire up coder pad and answer this question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, you get much more insight into how someone actually writes code versus I think the, the on the spot question answer type of interview, it's almost looking for a different thing, right? Like your ability to solve problems, but almost in this time box kind of artificial setting, right? Which is somewhat similar to, to solving a problem in, you know, in your day-to-day life or in your your day-to-day job, but it's still very different, right? doing it on the spot in 30 minutes versus like, okay, I know today I have to solve this problem, right? And we have to talk through it and you may have other people to, to work with, right? So very different types of things you're really screening for.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. And the thing is, if you're gonna do that, you have to be really, really experienced and really be good at evaluating the candidate, like picking the right question to ask somebody. Yeah. Um, like, like For instance, like for me, I would never, like some of the questions you get, like hardcore math problems. And it's like, yeah. you're, you're thinking about the hardcore math, but yet you're not thinking about you know how to solve the problem. Um, a perfect example of this is, okay, um, I have a skyline of a city. Calculate the area um, of the buildings under the skyline. And like, for me, I'm like, that's insane. Like, why would I ever expect somebody to be able to do that in a 45 minute interview? Yeah. Um, the other ones are, okay, um, well, I have this formula right here. And I want to make sure, you know, we calculate slope. I'm like, at that point, just no, just very, very simple questions, Yeah. Um, you know, for me. So, I mean, we'll see it in like the second half of the interview, but like I lean on, you know, something that's solvable, uh, something that, you know, it might not be a classical, you know, algorithm question, but it should demonstrate, you know, um, you know that you can be able to do you know things like that. You're competent in data structures. That you know you know particular things. Um, and the thing is, the question you know the type of question that I'm you know I'm probably going to ask you a lot. I've seen a lot of people fall into a trap because they think it's one way to solve it, but it's not. So um, those are some of the things you see. I, I've been seeing just when I've been doing this the past what. Been interviewing like, what, 12, 13 years already, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, you've touched on a lot of this already, but what are you typically evaluating for? It seems like ability to actually um, uh, solve problems, but also be able to produce code, right? That, that you would actually want to use in production. It seems like that's part of this, the idea behind the take home. But what else are you typically evaluating for during these technical interviews?
2: Um, you know, from a non-manager interview, it's literally, can they code? can they understand, you know, can they take feedback? I think that's a, that's a big thing too. Um, you know, I, I've been gifted to like been mentored by a lot of, you know, good people who've done like coding interviews. Um, you know, I had one, um, one of the guys that, you know, really kind of mentored me, his name's Eric Luke. If you've ever went through, he works at he worked at Amazon. I'm not sure if he works there anymore. If you ever went through an interview with him, you might have the crappiest experience might bomb the interview but at the end he makes you feel good because he's like hey you might not know this but hey let's you know let's go kind of back and forth let's have a dialogue let's kind of talk through you know how how we could solve this and you know kind of build on those types of things as opposed to some other interviewers who are like here's a question okay it's 30 yeah. minutes go yeah. um and, you know, kind of, you know, having that dialogue, because that's what it should be. Um, it shouldn't be, can this person just answer this question? It should be, hey, can this person, you know, have that dialogue, you know, with the interviewer, you know, are they coachable? You know, you know, are, are they taking the feedback? Are they taking the, you know, the hints? Um, totally. Are they even, you know, if the question is ambiguous, the interviewer might not know this. And that might be something that you know, the interviewer um can take back to like the next time he does and he can clarify, or or he or she can clarify. Um, and those are the types of things that you know when you're doing an interview like that, you definitely want. Um you definitely want to have like during techno interviews, you it takes a long time to get good at something.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean and that's a skill set for an interviewer to, to build, right. Is being able to actually be more collaborative and, and being able to coach and give feedback in ways that isn't, you know, too damning for the interviewer, right. Or the interviewee. Uh, And something that I don't know, it's definitely difficult to be able to be receptive while feeling like, how do I, you know, get out of the spiral of how this interview is going right and part of the reason um whole idea about around this show right is technical interviewing is hard it does get easier as you practice right and the more you do it um but there's a huge chunk of you know the interviews on these this show where i go i don't really know how to how to do this but let's let's learn from this right and kind of work through this right it's kind of learning in public so. yeah yeah, do you have a standardized system that you use when you're doing technical interviews? Like does everyone get the same type of question or does it change depending on the role and the position?
2: Um, I like, I mean, honestly, for the sake home, I like to give everybody just the standardized question and evaluate the rubric and have a rubric um, based on the level. And then I can say, okay, you know, based off these things, you know, I, I level this person as, you know, um, a, mid-career, uh, a mid-career engineer, okay, we're going for senior, okay. We know we can't proceed for that. Or, you know, this person, you know, put out senior level code and we hiring for senior. Let's let's proceed that way. Um, you know, on the you know, on the like the one-on-one type interview questions, like normally it should be the question should be the same, um, for the most part, because mostly I'm interviewing mid-level to senior engineers. So that question most of the time is, and this is how most companies evaluate, is the same. Is like, yeah. can you solve it? Can you, do you have the things, the toolkit to solve that or not? Where the differentiation comes in is, you know, other parts of the interview. Okay, you know, a mid-level to a senior engineer, there's going to be a gap there and like how you solve architectural problems. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the, the other pieces of the technical interview path that kind of determine level, you know, in my book and that I've seen done in the industry
1: yeah i like having a standard rubric right that you use actually great people i think that's really helpful and makes it much more maybe results much more consistent than you know i feel like this person was you know x y and z yeah. level uh so that, that that's good to see Uh how do you think in the past you've done in technical interviews so do you feel like you you know really strong you know somewhere between <laughs> hated them
2: um you know it really really depends on the interviewer
1: um like i said um you know,
2: I've. I've had really, really good experiences and I've had really, really bad experiences. Um, you know, one of the bad experiences I had was I went in for a role. And the role was I went in for one role, but they interviewed me for another higher role. It was a role I didn't want. So, you know, beginning the interview, and instead of it said, you know, instead of saying, you know, I actually went in and I said, I think there's a mistake. Like, I'm, I think, like, you misleveled me. I didn't go in for this role. The interviewer, instead of saying, hey, you know, we understand, you know, we'll bring you back, um, you know, to interview at this level, went in for 15 minutes telling me why I didn't qualify for that level of role. Cheers. And I'm like, and, and, you know, that has other complications because I'm like, okay, it was miscommunication, but this makes me just not want to work for your company. Yeah. Here um like that's just a bad experience and like i'm one of those people who is all about candidate experience totally. um yeah. a, around that like you might like there might be a misunderstanding but it's literally how those interviewers handle that misunderstanding making sure you have empathy around that stuff um i have definitely had some really good interviews where it's like um I, one i had an interview where they're like hey we're gonna have an hour to you know go through this coding question and I finished it in like 15 minutes, so like, oh, okay, um, I, I don't know what else to do, let's just talk. <laughs> um, because I mean, at that point, I had been doing so many interview code, like interview, technical interviews, and then also, I mean, like conducting them, and then also like doing them and prepping. So like, that's a situation where it's, where there, there might be a problem in your process is somebody can, you know, finish your interview question and like, 15 minutes if it's you know a higher level role or something
1: like that yeah interesting yeah it's i don't know there's no shortage of stories from my time in recruiting where interviews went sometimes really really well or really really poorly uh but it a lot of the actual results of those came down to like how was that situation dealt with right was the candidate experience considered at all or was it just uh, we'll send this person on their way you know they were a no or was there actually some type of conversation where like okay we understand we've messed up or maybe there's some poor expectation here right the candidate experience is something that i feel like can't be undervalued because you have people that may interview you with your company early on in their career right and maybe they're they're not a good fit for any role but if they have a good experience you know two three years later they might be a great fit for that that same type of role right uh but if they had a terrible experience the first time around they're not going to come back versus someone who's like oh i've always had it in the back of my mind like since i interviewed there years ago right and it's almost like every interview is kind of a it's not even a yes or no it's yes or, or not right now or no right there's potential yeah. for them to come back around as long as a mutual agreement that this is a good potential fit right
2: yeah definitely like the the interview process it's like you're not only interviewing the candidate the candidate is interviewing you too yeah because um and that rings more true now in this environment than ever Totally. because if you you know you have a bad if you give the candidate a bad experience like you might say hey yeah you know this we think guy's awesome but i mean this person's awesome but you know if they haven't had a bad experience and it's like I really don't want to work there. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had that happen to me too, where it was like, um, you know, went in for, it was multi-day interview. Um, the interviewer on the second day didn't show up. Just like, didn't show up, didn't let me in. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Um, you know, I'm done with this company. Just kind of go back. The VP calls me. He's like, yeah, hey, you know, let's, you know, come on in. It's like, yeah, we're sorry about that. Let, let's fix it but at the end you know they offered me the job but at the end it's like that was still in my mind where it's like yeah the candidate experience was so bad it's like this is how you treat a potential candidate like how are you treating your employees
1: yeah. um, when it comes around to that type of thing yeah absolutely absolutely do you have any type of standardized system or, or process you use when you are doing technical interviews, um, yourself that maybe you, you see a problem you go, I don't know how to solve this. Right. But what is your process to working towards some type of solution?
2: Um, you know, ask questions about it. Um, you know, just ask questions about what the interviewer is expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, usually what will end up happening is, um, it's like, do you want me to solve the problem, or do you want me to solve the problem the most optimal way? Because yeah, a lot of the times, like, it's easy to just, you know, go in and solve the problem. But it's like, do you want to do this in the most optimal way? Or, you know, even when you know, I'll go into an interview and I say, okay, I know this problem. Um, here's how I would solve it, in like a brute force way. Put it, you know, at least get something down. Yeah. And then say, okay, how can I optimize this and change the code um, into something more optimal that you, you know you might be looking for? So that's usually my approach to things. Like even if like it's something like right right out of the blue, at least you've got something down, and you can yeah. begin talking through. Okay, well, how, how can you optimize this stuff, um, and, and kind of going forwards from there?
1: Yeah, I found that. Sometimes you can even just say, like, I I know we could solve this doing this, right? But I don't think that's an ideal solution, right? You don't even have to code it often, right? As long as you've thrown that idea out there, the interviewer goes, okay, I know they have a potential solution, um, but they want to find something that might be better, right?
2: Yeah. So the only caveat with that is make sure you get something down. (laughs) because That's what interviewers are uh, evaluating on. It's like, you know, a technical interview, if you say, okay, yeah, well, we talked for 40 minutes. But I don't have anything to show for it. Um, but I think you got the right idea. That's a tougher sell to, you know, the hiring manager and bar raiser that's saying, yeah. okay, he had the solution, you know, this is for a solution. And then we're kind of walking into him. Here are the ideas that he had down for it. I, you know, you know, that person, you know, had it, but you know, we kind of ran out of time. That's an easier sell to make as opposed to, yeah, we just talked for 40 minutes.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Uh, do you have any other tips or advice for for folks going into technical interviews
2: um you know don't over prepare that's that's the one of the big things I would think of if you over prepare you overthink mm. um so I would just say, you know make sure you're prepared but just like don't over prepare and Usually, what ends up happening is the last thing in your mind, try to adapt that problem mm-hmm. to it. Um, I've seen that a lot. Um, you have no idea how many interview questions I've given where, like, a person's like, oh, I'm going to create, you know, death first search on, um, on this. It's like, okay, you're going to create a death first search on a queue or an array okay, look, let's see how it works <laughs> out. Um, so, you know, you, you have, you know, those types of things too, so.
1: Yeah, a great point. The The last um, interview on this this show, uh, we were working through a problem and someone said, what would you, you know, what approach would you use for this which for matching, some type of matching algorithm? And I said, I mean, we could use like a priority-based queue. Uh, and he goes, we could use an array too. And I was like, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> uh, great. It, Give any different advice for for early career engineers maybe additional advice for folks who are just maybe searching for their first job or kind of in the that first few years right where i feel like sometimes you never quite know where those the level of those questions are coming in at right
2: i the only thing i would say is ask questions um you know ask questions you know have that dialogue um you might feel nervous and awkward like not having silence the interviewer also feels nervous and awkward about that silence too. So definitely just kind of talk through, just verbalize what you're, what you're thinking about. And, you know, that's what I would say. Just be very, very verbal in these interviews.
1: Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, before we uh, move into our our technical portion, any horror stories that you shared a, a little bit, right, of uh, some awful interviews, but any maybe horror uh, stories or good stories you want to share from, from your interviewing uh,
2: Let's see, as an interviewer or as an interviewee? Either one, your pick. Okay, so as an interviewer, one of the things, oh, and here's here's a tip too. Don't be afraid to ask. tease the bathroom. <laughs> I, I literally had somebody during an interview just like literally go to the bathroom on themselves just because they were afraid to ask. Because it no was, plan. yeah, just because it was such, because these interviews, I mean, they get high stress and it's just like, you don't want that to seem, um, y- you know, to seem like you're inconveniencing somebody, but like that, that, that also kind of changed the way I, I start interviews too. Like, I come, like, hey, do you need water? Do you need to use the bathroom before you go into it? Just sure. because like, I get that they are high stress situations, um, you know, w- with a lot of these things. Um, I, I think, you know, just like I said, with some of the best interviews um, for me, are, you know, the ones where we have like a dialogue back and forth, you know, with, with the interviewer. Um, you know, a lot of, I'm, a, I'm an architecture nerd, so I love, you know, just even if it's like, hey, I know, you know, I know I found this question, but like, hey, describe the architecture that you're looking for. Or, you know, let's, you know, have a conversation about the architecture. Um, and the one horror story I did have, um, I interviewed with, a very large well-known company and the interviewer wanted something a specific way Mm -hmm. and it was how that they were doing it but I'm like okay but you know you could do it this way this no 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 that's not the right way this is how we do it I'm like but that's not how a lot of people do it there are multiple ways to you know tackle this problem in multiple tools so um Yeah. I mean, those are, I wouldn't, I mean, those are some, you know, war stories from, you know, being an interviewer and interviewee.
1: Great. Well, well, we'll take a quick break here and then we'll move into the technical portion. All right.
2: All right. Sounds good.
0: Thank you for watching the first half of the professional technical interviewee. The technical interview will be released one week from this episode. So be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash or an Apple podcast or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.